Happy Mother's Day. Obligatory sappy movie right there. It's like we were, we were doing, running through that, those things before service, and uh, one of the people goes, I'm just going to start carrying Kleenexes with me. <laughs> I just thought that was fun. Uh, so uh, happy Mother's Day. It's a, it's a great day, and, and my idea for mothers, I guess what's on my heart for mothers is um, when I think of mothers, I think of moms who are part-time taxi drivers, part-time managers, part-time cooks, part-time house cleaners, part-time working women, part-time everything, and full-time frazzled uh, because of of all said part-time jobs. And I don't know if that's just because my wife has two four-year-olds, why I think think that, but that's just kind of my default when I think of that. And I think of now as being a parent, I think of all the practices and things that um, I drug my parents to and my mom to. I remember distinctly... Uh, getting out of swim practice, changing clothes in the back seat of the Buick Century, and changing into my Boy Scout uniform to then leave Boy Scout uniform to go into a basketball practice. And, the same, and there was that little thing called school at some point there. And I'm like, what? And I think of our kids, I'm like, oh, man. And I think, what? what? What's going on with, with that? That's just Wednesday night. You know, that's just a normal Wednesday night. And I, oh, I was the only child. I can't imagine if there's like five of us. Can you, oh, Lord, pop the Tums and the Mylanta on that one. Um, but, and I just, I just described half of you moms, uh, your, your daily activities, right? And a lot of you, especially those of you who don't have kids at home anymore, wouldn't trade those days for anything, I, I just look at them and I, I get overwhelmed just thinking about what's coming with, with our kids. Uh, Bowen, we're, I was throwing baseballs to Bowen yesterday, and he was beaming them super far. And I was like, oh, man. And then I saw, um, I saw Tyler this morning dressed in his baseball uniform as a teenager. And I'm going, yep, I remember those days. You come dressed to uh, already ready to go. And if uh, mom didn't have the time because you had a tournament yesterday, you came to church already with, with the brick dust already embedded in your knees. Uh, and that's just how it goes and how it is. And that's life as um, a family. But also, moms, it's amazing that you pull it off. And it is impressive. It always is. It never ceases to amaze me. Like, how in the world did that happen? Uh, some of us, uh, I was blessed with an amazing mom. And some of us are, can echo that, uh, that sentiment. But I want to speak to the mom today who is kind of like, yeah, you just described my life and now I need some anxiety medicine because that's exactly what's going on right now. I want to speak to that today uh, just because um, I think it kind of flows in and out of our marriage series that we're in the middle of, this love and marriage series, uh, but also speaking to the mom's heart who just feels overwhelmed right now. And that's just what I want to take a moment to do. I think um, that applies to everyone, but specifically moms today. And it's this thought of motherhood is not what you do, it's what you make. Motherhood is not what you do, it's what you make. And I think this applies to anybody who's a, uh, a Christian, uh, anybody in general that, that doesn't uh, what you do does not define you, but it's what you 
what you make in there. But specifically with moms and specifically when dealing with our children, it's not what you do, it's what you make. So many women that I know who are moms define themselves by the motherhood. It's defined, they're, they're, they figure it out, they are, oh, I'm a taxi driver and I'm a manager and I'm a cook and I'm this. And that def- starts to define them and they start to almost get overwhelmed by that and defeated by that. And I, I don't want to think about that. It's almost, it's almost that um, the more busy or, or practices that a mom can take their kids to, it's like they're earning points somewhere. Like there's a secret moms only Facebook game. That, that you check in and go, if I came to 18 different face, basketball practices, I'm the winner this week and I get a, I don't know, a pedicure or something. If there's not that out there, someone should invent it because that would be amazing. Um, but I want to look at motherhood as an art. As motherhood as an art. It's what you make. Motherhood is sculpture with humans. Motherhood is sculpture with humans. And this is important to think about because it's not, you don't get a sculpture in one chip, right? You don't get one hit and, oh, it's done. Michelangelo does not make the David, the David by hitting once and, oh, got the eyebrow done. I'm gonna, it's my masterwork, right? He made probably, he's like, oh, man, oh, I got it. Well, I got to keep on chiseling there to make it a little bit better, a little bit better, a little better. I messed up. I did good here and all these things and just continually shaping and working and buffing and, and doing all these things. Motherhood is sculpture with humans. Being a mom get, means that you get to participate, participate in the formation of life. This amazed me. To think about seeing a, a pregnant woman you never want to point this fact out, but you can just think of it internally, okay? At no point is it appropriate to be like, are you expecting? It's not, not a good choice, ever. Even, yeah. Kelly, Kelly was pregnant with twins. You could tell that she was pregnant, all right? But you still don't say it. Uh, it's just one of those things. But just watching, like, there's two of them. For me, it was there's two of them in there. How does that feel? What does that look like? And trying to think, as a dad, as fathers, we don't get to participate in that. It's kind of just this awkward alien thing. It's like she's got things growing in her. It's weird. But for see a mom in that same moment, it's like, oh, I got things growing in me. Right? And, and the, the glow, as she, and women are like, ah, that glow was just, ugh. You know, I, didn't, I couldn't, couldn't sleep for the last six months. But other than that, it's okay. But you get to participate with God in the formation of life. Just think about that for a second. That is so cool. And at art, what it is at its bare bones is creation of something. You get to participate. You get to help sculpt humans. This, of course, often devolves into repetitive trips to practice. Spending hours with tears in your eyes over homework. Grocery store tips, trips, and then more grocery store trips. Then another grocery store trip. And all the other things that you do. But when I rethink of even motherhood back into art, I think about how much you don't all of a sudden just become an artist. It takes practice. It takes patience. It takes perseverance. It takes its work. It's labor. Over and over and over again, practicing something. Anyone who plays an instrument or 
Anyone who practices any sort of art, they have to continually practice, continually work at it, continually get better, continually work on it and work on it and work on it and work on it and work on it. Not as a job, but as an art form. What happens when we think of motherhood not as just getting all those things done, but the preparation for the canvas? Motherhood is a work of faith, a labor of love, and an exercise of endurance. And we see this in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians is right after Colossians. It's in the back of your Bible if you want to turn there with me. I'm going to be reading 1 Thessalonians 1, 3 through 8. We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power and with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for, for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed this message in the midst of severe suffering with a joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. This, uh, I, it is spoken to believers who are to become pastors here. But I, as I was reading this a couple weeks ago, I thought this, def- this totally explains what moms do and how moms act. If you think about our parenting, at first those. Thessalonians verse 3 says, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by the hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not motherhood? Motherhood is a work of faith. It is every day doing our best, doing your best, doing her best, with the faith that it will turn out okay. That all this isn't in vain. It's a work of faith. How does that look like? How do we help work in faith? How do we help form? How do we help model? How do we help shape our kids in that? In verse 6 it says, Be imitators of us and of the Lord. What is it? If you had a kid, you know that your child in some form or another will mimic you. And this has been really interesting for us to see our kids like genetically already have a personality. Like there's no way they would know that that happened from their grandpa or that their grandpa would do that. I sit just like my grandpa. I cross my legs like a girl. Hmm. Deal with it. Uh, but I do. I, I always have. And, uh, and it's weird because mom will enter the room and she'll give me one of those looks. And I know I look at that moment just like my grandpa, who's been passed away since I was seven years old, right? And so Bowen does the same thing with, with his grandpa. Like all of a sudden we're like, oh, that's a joke he would have told that he never would have told you. How does that work? And, and there's this like genetically predisposition of this is how that kid's going to be, but there's also all these imitating factors, right? Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful 
people what you say because all of a sudden you'll be imitated and they're like parrots. Whatever words came out of our mouths, whatever actions happened, oh man, can they imitate well. And so I asked the question to everyone here, but specifically to moms, what can you safely say? Yes, imitate me in that. When I do this, that's exactly, if I can impart any part of my personality, any part of my work ethic, any part of who I am, I want to impart that into you. Imitate me in this. And logically, the next question is, what don't I want you to imitate me in? Because they'll do that too. Is there anything more frustrating than seeing like... in our relationship, we get most frustrated with our kids when the negative personality traits of our spouse happen in our kids. So when Bowen acts like me in, the, in, in my worst ways, Kelly's like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> right? And then that's, that's just what happens. It's just funny. We, we were like, why does that set us off so bad? It's like, because I can't yell at you like that. <laughs> It's just, it's, uh, we were thinking about it and talking about it. I was like, why does that bother us so much? And Bowen decided all of a sudden, like this week, that he was going to be a boy. Like, he was cool with playing with dolls, you know. And he was just like, okay, whatever. Really nonchalant. And now it's like, <gasps> And, of course, what coming with a boy is, Bowen, where's your socks? I don't know. They're right in front of your feet. Where? Right? That's like a, a genetic predisposition with being a man. <laughs> It just happens. And uh, it drives my, my poor wife absolutely insane. I heard her saying yesterday, we're packing up the house to move. And uh, I heard her say yesterday, I wanted a boy. I wanted a boy. I wanted a boy. It's like, Lord, help me with this. But what, what do you imitate? What do they imitate of you that, that you want? Um, if my dad preached here a couple weeks in a row, you would see that my hand gestures Right, like that right there is totally my dad, right? And then there's another one that he does, and uh, the put in the pocket, that's my dad, because I watched him preach every Sunday of my life until I was, well, until I was preaching. And so there's just that, like, I imitate those things. But what are also the things that we imitate, or our kids, maybe we even imitate the not-so-positive things of our own parents. How do we have the faith to say, I can get over that, I can... God, maybe some of those things are really negative things. And we need today to say, God, I need you to take hold of that attribute. God, I need to take you to take over my temper. I need you to take over this. I need you to take over that. Secondly, motherhood is a labor of love. It's a lot of work. I can see that. I try to help out. Going back in the memories of watching my mom be a mom, I was like, man, that's a lot of work. As I threw my dirty clothes on the floor and didn't pick them up, I at least recognized there was a lot of work, but I did. It's a labor of love. It's such a labor of love. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hurt. It's a lot of maybe heart calluses. But in fashioning your children, the work of your hands is modeling them not only for what it is to, to be a woman or to what they should seek out in a woman. It's how to be a, a lover of God. 
your modeling and all that work is to show them how to be the person that they can be. It's very interesting. Uh, you see all the time on, uh, I think, internet and different Facebook things and stuff, what a, uh, like a housewife is worth monetarily. Have you, have you seen these things? It's like, oh, she should be paid this, and she should be paid this, and she should be paid this, and she should be paid this. It's really, some of those things are just, I'm like, what? But, but what about, for me, the first question always popped in my head, not to demean moms, the stay-at-home moms at all, was, what about the moms who work all day and then go do all that stuff? They should be like triply paid. That's all overtime now. But um, that was what popped into my head. But I just think this is amazing. But when you think of motherhood as a job, as a manager, as that, of co- like I could see how there's going to be some sort of angst of, yes, I should be paid at least minimum wage for this. I should have this. But then you switch that to think this is an art form. And guess what? Artists do everything basically for free because it's out of passion. It's out of love of what they're fashioning. And they get greater reward out of that. And I, I see the world under attack for motherhood, for what it is to be a loving individual of kids. Oh, yeah, you should be, you're owed something. You should be compensated for stuff, and you should be given all this stuff. And with that mindset, and if it was just a job, and if you were just just a nanny, I could see that. But you're so much more than that. You're a sculptor of a human being. The reward for that is the final art piece. Seeing the masterpiece that you get to create. Motherhood is an exercise of endurance. I love to watch Deadliest Catch. This crazy crab fisherman. I, I, could, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I always thought, like, oh, that'd be really cool to do. And I was, I'd be so seasick, it wouldn't even, I just, it, I'd be over. But I love this, this show, and, and if you haven't seen it, these guys go up in the Bering Sea up in Alaska, and they're fighting this huge weather stuff, and they're putting these thousand pound pots in the water, it goes down. Hopefully gets crabbed. They pull it back up, and they do this for like 30-hour shifts. They don't sleep. They don't eat. But they're gone from their families for like six months. And, any, and when I started thinking about this, and they'll get a phone call every once in a while that, yeah, my wife just had a baby. Or, and they're on the middle of nowhere up by Russia out in the ocean. And they're thinking about, oh, my kid just did this and whatever. And I'm going. And then you think about that. You kind of slow down about that. And you're like, what are the moms doing? Yeah, these guys are busting their humps out here in the middle of the ocean, but can you imagine having like three boys who were, if you've ever watched that show, who came from that stock? <laughs> right? You think I'm hyperactive. Woo! Those guys are crazy. And so this is a mom. They interviewed uh, the Hansons, uh, the Northwestern. Uh, it's one of the famous boats on, up there. If, if you've never seen it, sorry. Uh, the, this woman who... Uh, she had to raise these crazy boys. She was talking about the summers gone without her, without her husband and how hard that was. But they all of them spoke so highly of their mom who, who raised them without the dad basically there. He was always out on the boat. And I thought, what? It, I mean, these guys are nuts out here. But, 
the real troopers and the real heroines of this whole story is these moms that, that raise these kids days in and day outs by themselves without any help. There's no guy coming home because he's on a boat out in the middle of nowhere. And I thought, what a, a feat of endurance that day in and day out, here's these kids, here's, here's what I do, here's how I raise, here's how I nurture, here's how I pour into. Just every day of the decision that, we get to, that you get to make of, I'm going to do my best for these kids today. I get to pour in, I get to nurture these children today. And that's the kind of dedication a great artist has to their art. Every day I get to wake up and improve. Every day I get to fashion a little more. Every day I get to create a little more. Motherhood is amazing and it's beautiful and it's sometimes it's just from this side of it, it's all inspiring. To watch, to be in the room or to wake up and see the kids all curled up with a mom. This week, Kelly had enough of the closeness. <laughs> you ever have the, enough of the closeness, right? The kids are on her, and they just they did not want to leave. And I'm like, what a cool moment. I'm going to go be at work all day. Oops, sorry. Be at work all day, and I don't, I don't get to be with them. And they're just, I mean, they're snuggling, and Bowen's doing the whole nuzzle thing. And they're just, I mean, they're in her personal space for real. She's like getting, running around the house, and they're like chasing her, trying to like get closer to her. And it's just funny. It's an exercise of endurance because it just is what it is. And that's sometimes motherhood. It's like, you're so close to me, I don't even want you here right now. Can I go to the bathroom? You know, it's a good thing there's a lock on those doors, right? It is an exercise of endurance. We're going to watch a movie here real quick of what we all think motherhood should be like. So if you'll roll that movie for us, we'll see what we all think in our heads what motherhood should look like. doing? Oh, Marvin and I are getting our act together, right, Marvin? Right, Tammy? Yeah. But that's one of Isabel's songs. Oh, look, Isabel might know the words, babe, but I invented the moves. Right, Marvin? Right, Carrie. Yeah. In fact, we're looking for somebody to do backup with us. Right, Marvin? Yeah, Tammy. Listen, baby. Oh! Ain't no mountain high. Ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. If you need me, call me, no matter where you are, no matter how far. Don't worry, baby. Just call my name, I'll be there in a hurry. You don't have to worry. Oh, baby, now, ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river. 
Right? We have this picture of everything should be fine. We should all be singing songs and, and dancing together. But it sure looks a whole lot more like tripping over Legos and getting them impaled into us. Right? And moms, uh, I know that uh, that happens. Sometimes I'm a facilitator of those times. I apologize for that. But even in that, that section for uh, this mom failing, it's, it's just, we all feel like sometimes, I think, and moms all feel like sometimes that it's just one big Lego mess, and we can't get over that fact. And it, how does that look, and how do we rise above that, and how do, where do we take that from here, and how does it get better from here? So I want to take a little bit of time of maybe alleviating some of the pressure you will fail as a mom. And for those of you who are perfectionist moms, sorry, you will fail. It will happen. You will do the wrong thing. You will make a mistake. It will happen. It's an inevitability. But it's by faith that we get up and know that tomorrow we can do better, that tomorrow can be better. One of the most beautiful things about kids is that God and kids give ample second chances. I made a huge parenting mistake last week, two weeks ago. Still a little scarred, a little little fresh in me. I did it at 8 o'clock in the morning, and uh, by the time I went home from lunch, my kids had already forgotten about it. Isn't that beautiful? It's like, okay, I'm I'm still scarred by this thing. My kids, they probably don't even remember that this stinking thing happened. But God and, and kids give second chances. Moms, you will fail, and it's okay. Get up. Do it better tomorrow. Second thing is you will do the wrong thing. Remember that love covers a multitude of sins. You're steady, beautiful, wonderful, Love covers up the messes. It covers up when you, when, you, when you don't do the right thing. It covers up when the, the wrong word comes out of your mouth. It, it covers it up. When your kids know that your heart is for them, love covers a multitude of sins. Number three, you will make a mess of it. It's our hope that in the strength of Jesus, that he will be the great cleaner. That not us, not you. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it perfect. You don't have to have this picture-perfect little home. That Jesus will be the great cleaner. It's not all on your shoulders. That you may have a hand in the sculpting of this person, but he is the great artist. We get to participate in that with him. The sole responsibility isn't on you, even though it may feel that way some days. It's you working alongside and getting to work alongside with God. In this art of parenting, it's about how, what you do with the mistakes, what you do with the messes that matter. I do wheel-thrown pottery, or I used to. I haven't touched my wheel in a couple of years, but 
wheel throw and pottery is all about getting this, this clay on center. And then if it's centered, you can do anything you want to it. It can get wobbly at top. It can, it can do kind of funky stuff. You can make a beautiful bowl out of it, a vase out of it, a cylinder out of it. You can make a, a coffee mug that probably all you moms all have one or two of. My mom's got them like all over the place. But this wheel of throne pottery and this, this whole idea of clay is it has to be on center. And moms, if you're partnering with, with Christ and raising your kids, that clay is on center. Yeah, you might get a wobble up the top sometimes. But there's a tool for that. There's a fix for that. Some of the most beautiful pieces I've ever made are the most twisted and wobbly picture, pieces that I've, I ever did. But guess what? That bottom was always on center. We get to be a part of that. I have a friend who's a, a baby expert. Her job is to, she's an author, but her job is to go to Moms of Multiples, and she um, fixes them. <laughs> she says, she says, all right, all right, all right. She, she has twins of her own, but um, she was a nurse, and she realized that moms of twins are uh, at default overwhelmed. And so she'll go to triplets and, and, and up and teach them principles on how to survive those first eight, you know, 18 months. That's what she does. We call her the baby whisperer. Her name's Jennifer Walker, but you know, she could just she has this talent. She walks into the room and, and babies hush. It's it's I don't know how this, this works, and but she's got this whole sleep cycle thing and how you, to wrap your kid and how to do bath time and how to feed them and all these things. And she basically saved our lives at week seven. Uh, so uh, she walked into the room and oh, the Holy Spirit just changed our lives. The Holy Spirit and Jennifer Walker saved us. Um, but she always I would call her one day. I'm sitting there brushing my teeth, and Kendall and Bowen are in the middle of our bed. They're little bitty guys. I mean, they're only like three months old or whatever. I don't know what, how old they were. They're a little bitty. And Kendall's already kind of a whiny baby at that time. Uh, she's a peach now, but at that time, she cried all the time because she had really bad acid reflux. We didn't know this, but she did. And I'm brushing my teeth, and all of a sudden, I hear, I look, as I look over, I see my daughter falling from our bed doing a face plant into the, uh, into the carpet. And of course, the abrupt <laughs> coming up, that's been practiced. Uh, so <laughs> that happens, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I, cool story, my dog runs from downstairs hearing that and lays on top of Bowen. Like, you're not going anywhere, buddy. Uh, but Joyce, uh, help. I pick up Kendall, and she's crying, and I'm crying because I'm like, oh, I'm the worst dad in the world. And oh my gosh, I broke her. And you know, all these things, you know, I'm, I've, you know she's never going to walk now. I, you know, all these things are going on in my head. And I, uh, of course, I call Jennifer, and Jennifer, Kendall just uh, fell off the bed. She did. How long ago? Oh, five minutes. She's not crying anymore. Well, yeah, I picked her up and got... Babies bounce, Jared. Babies bounce. <laughs> Hung up the phone. I was like, do I need to go to the emergency room? No, she's not crying. You're okay. Is anything... On the phone, I'm like, oh. And I looked at Kendall, and she's just... She's fine. Going up along her day. I'm not fine. My heart rate wasn't good for like a month. <laughs> but she said, like, babies bounce, Jared. And I started thinking about this idea and what it meant for us today is that you know, God makes them in such an amazing way that minor things aren't as major as we think they're going to be. They're not made of glass. Thank 
God that he did not deserve. That would not make any dis- you know, sense in divine presence of giving me a child and going, oh, they're, they're breakable. <laughs> so that's just not going to happen. But God, God made them in such a way, and I think emotionally they, they do the same thing. Is Babies bounce. All of the effort that, you know, I'm not expecting you to go dribble your children, but the principle is the same, is that we are going to make a mess. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do silly things and, and mess up, but it's our labor of love. It is the faith that we have. It is our hope that Jesus has got this. And we're going to come alongside him and be the best artist with him that we possibly can. Guys, I just, if I could do anything for you ladies today, be take a little bit of that pressure off. Because I know you feel it. I've got to do everything perfect so they're going to be a great member of society and a lover of Jesus and have a great wife or a great husband and all these things. And you already feel the responsibility for their marriages and they're two months old. God's got this. Your babies bounce. He has a design. He has a plan for them that's greater than your own. Motherhood is an exercise of faith and a labor of love and a test of endurance. When I think of motherhood, I think often we find it as like, define it as a noun. I am a mom. But this week as I was thinking, I thought, man, motherhood's more of a verb. It's what you do. It's what you make. It's what you create. It's not a status of who you are. It is what you are. And what you get to do. My head was brought back to Mary when the angel tells her she's going to be a mom. So rejoice! You are highly favored! This is awesome! Now that unwed teenage mom didn't think that was so exciting. But the angels even knew you get to participate in the sculpting of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You get to participate in the creation of God Almighty. What? On a lesser level, women, you are highly favored. You get to participate in the sculpting of some amazing individuals. They may try your patience. They may drive you absolutely insane. But all that potential, all that presence, all that that passion that will be in those bundle of joys is there. When you get to teenage years and all you want to do is wring your boy's neck and he smells funny, he will be a bundle of potential. And God is partnering with you in raising him. Maybe he's partnering with you for you not to kill him. But this week, moms, dads, help out the moms. We're serious. Do a load of laundry, wash a dish, be amazing. As we talked about in the marriage series earlier, moms uh, value that way higher than guys do. That doesn't mean that they need to chill out about the housework. That means you need to elevate how much you value it, by the way. I know that's for the marriage series, but we'll throw that in there. This week, don't look at being a mom as a to-do list or a taxi driver, moms. But look at it as being an artist, sculpting the minds and the hearts for the future. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are and 
what you're doing. God, I thank you for moms, and I thank you for how you have uniquely positioned them to touch minds and to touch hearts and to show them, uh, show kids who they can be and that our moms are people who say, imitate me and imitate my love and imitate my life because it's worth imitating. God, I ask you to give us patience. I ask you to give us peace. I ask you to give us the strength to be the best moms that we can be. God, we thank you for the blessing that these moms are to this church and to their kids and for who they are. God, may this be the best Mother's Day they've ever had. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.